Hello, fellow world. How do you screw that up? I do this five times a day, and yet I still screw it up. <laughs> Hello, fellow rebel capitalists. Hope you're well. You can tell it's just before lunch. My blood sugar level is very, very low. Now, Josh just sent me a new report from the central banks that confirms your suspicions are likely true. And those suspicions that I'm referring to is we hear these central bankers come out all the time and say the economy is resilient, the labor market's resilient, this is resilient. Don't worry about it. We're just going to keep raising interest rates. Uh, the, the banking crisis, oh, forget it. Uh, we've got the, the BTFP or we've got a tool for that. You believe me. But now we're starting to see the central bankers, when they're not in the mainstream media, when they, have, when they issue these reports, or maybe their staff issues these types of report, they're saying, well, maybe the picture isn't as rosy as we were leading you to believe. So let's get right over to this report from the Bank of England, which I think would be consistent with what we would see throughout the European Union and in the United States. Let's go through that, and you'll see why I'm saying that this basically confirms that your suspicions about the overall economy are likely true. Let's get into it. So this is from, again, the Bank of England Credit Condition Survey 2023 Q3. And we've got to give a golf clap to Josh. He's the one that's doing the serious digging and the homework and the research to find this type of report to begin with. You're not going to see this on CNBC. You're not going to see this on Bloomberg. You're only going to, well, not only, you're, you're, you are likely only to see it <laughs> right here on the Rebel Capitalist channel. But let's get into it. So the overview is part of their mission to maintain, oh, they always have to say this, to maintain monetary and financial stability, blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah, yeah, we get it. So the bottom line here, this first uh, few paragraphs is them just stating what this is. And this is a survey that they do every single quarter that helps them understand better what credit conditions are. So this is something that Jeff Snyder talks about all the time. People really misunderstand what he uh, or, or his view, I think, on inflation, deflation, et cetera, because he looks at it almost exclusively from a monetary standpoint and not really M2, but more so the monetary system that includes the shadow banks, right? Because in his view, and I agree with him, they are responsible for the majority of the dollar creation globally, as an example. So that's what we really need to focus on. And that's what so few people do. That's what most people completely ignore. So when Jeff Snyder talks about this deflationary money, he doesn't necessarily talk about consumer prices in the United States or M2. What he's talking about is credit condition, credit conditions tightening globally in the global monetary system. And this is a very, very big deal because obviously it's going to impact asset prices, it's going to impact uh, defaults, it's going to impact global liquidity, which, you know, what we see headlines like Country Garden going bust in China or Evergrande or the Chinese real estate market collapsing. See, those are the headlines that we see. But what we don't realize that really what's going on underneath, once you scratch beneath the surface and once you understand the global monetary system, what's really happening there is the Credit conditions are tightening. In other words, we have this deflationary money within the global banking cartel, within the global banking network. And this report is basically 
showing through these surveys that when they're talking to small businesses, large businesses, and banksters, they're confirming exactly what the yield curve is telling us. So let's get into this report here. So first and foremost, they look at the supply. So this is household secured credit availability. Let's go through the talking points here. Lenders reported that the availability of secured credit to households decreased in the three months to end August 2023. It is expected to decrease slightly over the next three months. In other words, Q4. And that's what they're showing here in this chart. Lenders reported that the availability of unsecured credit to households also decreased. And again, if we have credit conditionings tight, credit conditions tightening, guys, that means that we're likely, just because the way the economy is set up, going to have further defaults, which would most likely lead to higher rates of unemployment. And this this is consistent with what you would see with an economy that was going into recession, if not already in recession. And you'll see how, uh, well, let's just look at this chart and look at what happened during the GFC. And as you would expect, the uh, availability of credit, secured credit households decreased dramatically. This, But look at when this started, though, guys. This started in 2007, the end of 2007, or maybe the beginning of 2008. And remember back then, hey, coast was clear. We we're going to have no landing. Are you kidding me? The economy's resilient. Now, the yield curve was inverted, but remember, that was the narrative, just like the narrative that you're seeing right now. And we see similar conditions in credit here starting in 2022, excuse me, 2022, and extending into 2023, where credit conditions are tightening exactly like they did during the GFC. So, I mean, this is the question that I would have to all these central bankers and talking heads that come out and say, oh, it's resilient, no landing, we're not seeing anything that looks like a recession. Really? Look at your own stupid report, man. Look, at, All you have to do is just, is just do one of my YouTube thumbnails, for heaven's sakes. You know those YouTube thumbnails that Josh always does that just show a chart like this, and you see the similarities with the GFC, and it just has a red arrow that points at GFC, and then another red arrow that just points at now? I mean, just for heaven's sakes, you don't need a PhD to do that. <laughs> My goodness gracious. But it just goes to show you that they're lying through their teeth, for heaven's sakes. It's just narrative. You can't, you just ignore what they say, watch what they do. And then I think look at some of these reports that shed light onto what they're really thinking behind the scenes, but what they would never admit to the mainstream media. But the charts don't end there. Let's keep going, guys. So this is uh, availability of unsecured credit. That first was secured credit. And uh, same thing. It's gone down uh, consistent. Now, this is interesting because we see some similarities here that started in 2018, 19. But remember, that's when the curve started to invert, not in 2017 or 18, but 2019 uh, due to, I think, uh, people preparing the financial insiders for the surveys sickness. But I don't know that I'd... Uh, put too much weight into this because we do see this happening at time when we didn't have a financial crisis or a recession where with the secured credit uh, that is distinctly unique as far as the contraction to the GFC and then what we're seeing today. And then of course, what we saw in 2020.
Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. So now they look at the demand side of the equation. Let's look at some key talking points here. Lenders reported that demand for secured lending for house purchase and remortgage decreased in Q3. So again, if we see credit, not just credit conditions tightening, but if we see credit contracting, that means what for M2 money supply? Likely going down. Doesn't have to happen, but it likely goes down. And if M2 money supply is going down, how on earth can you have sustained rates of consumer price inflation? Or how can you have economic growth? And again, I'm not saying that this is a good thing, but the way our economy is set up, it's a debt-based system, for heaven's sakes, guys. We, we got to realize that. So in a debt-based system, unless you have velocity increasing substantially, if you have the money supply con contracting, that would lead you to believe that credit was contracting as well. And that means that the economy is headed straight for a recession. That means economic growth, economic output is going to contract, is going to decline. So lenders reported that overall demand for unsecured lending slightly increased. Okay, so the demand for that, uh, let's see, for unsecured slightly increased, demand for secured decreased. And that's largely due to, I'm sure, interest rates going up and, and causing mortgages to be far more expensive when you look at that monthly payment. The demand for corporate lending, small businesses, remained unchanged. But what's interesting is this demand. So just because there's demand, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's being filled. And so for small businesses, Snyder always talks about how their interest rates basically infinity. And for the average Joe and Jane, sure, you know, you look at 2012. I always use that example. Interest rates were at 0%. Mortgage rates were incredibly low. I was the perfect borrower. And I had all of these properties that I owned outright. I had a 100% equity in them. And not only that, I had renters in there. I had all this cash flow coming in and I couldn't even get a line of credit for 40% LTV. And I was the perfect borrower. This was back in 2012, 2013 when I retired and when I transitioned into being an investor, if you want to call me that. And I, I got into the real estate game. So that's an example of money being extremely tight while interest rates are very, very low. So even though we have, let's say, historically average interest rates right now, even though they have gone up dramatically, it doesn't mean that those small and medium-sized businesses can get a loan, even if they're out there begging for them. You know, at the end of the day, we have to realize that the only thing that constrains the banking system is going to be counterparty risk. And I would argue that goes for the gold standard, silver standard, any standard that we've ever been on in the United States. 
the fiat standard, whatever you want to call it, the gold standard, in my view, didn't really constrain banks at all. And the fiat standard doesn't really uh, allow banks to just go bananas like we think it does. If you listen to the, the gold guys and the Bitcoin guys and whatnot, really, at the end of the day, in my view, banks are going to lend. They're not constrained by their balance sheet. They're not constrained by bank reserves. And I don't think they're constrained by the gold standard, quite frankly. Um, but especially today, banks are going to lend for one reason only. That is if they think they're going to get paid back with interest. And they're going to create the money. And I think that goes for whether we're in uh, uh, 1823 or 2023 or 1923. It's the same. The same holds true. Uh, the, the money is created by the banker's pen. I think it was the statement was the quote from Milton Friedman. And so my point there is that even if there's a lot of demand for money for, for credit, if the banksters don't think they're going to get paid back, then I don't care how much demand there is, they're not going to provide the loan. Now, of course, there's a lot of government intrusion there. They can backstop things. The Fed backstop things. That all matters. But in a free market, this is how things operate. Let's remember that the euro dollar system is outside of the purview of the Fed. It's outside of the purview of the United States government. Therefore, it's the closest thing to a free market that we have in banking that we have today. Now they go over corporate demand for lending. Okay, we said that was basically flat loan pricing. Now, what's interesting here is the spreads have come down, which would in, which would imply that uh, they see a little bit less risk out there. But the net result is still the same, and that, is, and that is that credit conditions are tightening and the amount of credit being extended is going down. And this is what you can see with defaults. Lenders reported that default rates on secured loans to household increased, uh, and that would be mortgages. And then we can see that, um, let's see, lenders report that default rates for unsecured lending unchanged. Uh, but I, they note that they see this increasing in the future, especially with credit cards. And if you think about what's happening right now with the purchasing power and student loans and whatnot in the United States, I know this is applicable to the UK, but you can see that playing out in the United States over the next few months. I think that would definitely be my base case. So there you can see how the uh, expected defaults are are way 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 above average here that's uh, indicated by this orange dot and especially with the secured lending and that would be mortgages so when people are again coming out and um and see then you can see how the defaults decreased so significantly in uh 2021 2022 when everyone had all of this additional savings uh from the government distortions uh, that you guys all know so well and now you would expect that even prior to having to pay back those student loans, and I know I'm talking about the United States, not necessarily the UK, but if this is the trend that we see in the United States, as far as the defaults increasing, you would expect that trend to continue definitely into 2024. So there you go, guys. That's basically the central banks, in my opinion, saying the quiet part out loud. I think the moral of the story here is that you guys have great instincts. You guys have great common sense. And most likely, your spidey senses are accurate. So whatever the central planners come out and say, these central bankers, take it with a grain of salt and realize that what's more important 
is to kind of ignore what they say, but watch what they do and then watch and study these kind of esoteric reports that come out, connect the dots. So then you can truly understand what they believe and what they're talking about behind the scenes. And that's important because that's what's really going to impact their decision-making in the future. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market, capitalism. If you want to see more of the most important recent stories we have discussed right here on this channel, Josh, put them in a playlist right about there, and we'll see you in the next video.